Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Well, hey there. Thank you for tuning right in to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. My guest today is the creator of Day Optimizer, a desktop and mobile web app that helps people mindfully plan their day by converting their daily task list into a daily schedule so they can accomplish more. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show, Trevor Lawbear. How's it going, Trevor? It's going well, Josh. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to get into all of Day Optimizer, but I want to begin with why the concept of time management is not only so important to anybody listening, but why is it so important to you? Well, they say time is like one of those things that you can't, it's the thing you can't get back, right? You can't, you can't buy more time. Like you only have the amount of time you have. Are allocated. You have 24 hours in a day. You have 168 hours in a week. That's it. There's no, um, there's no changing that. No matter how rich, no matter how poor you are, you have the same exact amount of time. Money can buy almost anything else, but it can't buy more time. So long ago, I figured out that I wanted to use my time wisely because I wanted to live a, a better life. Mm. And was there a time in your life at that revelation when Things were, say, chaotic, out of control. Was that what was happening? You realize that you can't go on like that anymore? Yeah, I think I used to just, um, I used to defer a lot of things for the future. I used to say, like, especially when I was deep in my last business, I was there, like, I got to grow this business. Nothing else matters. Let me just put my head down and try to go as fast as I can. And I've now learned to work smarter, not harder. And I really like, have you read much Stephen Covey? Yeah, sure. You, you know Stephen Covey's story about the difference between management and leadership? Tell us. So there's a, uh, a group that's cutting through a jungle, right? And there's the, the managers going, okay, go faster. Come on, cut faster. And they're, they're hacking and they're hacking and they're hacking. And there's the one guy who who like climbs up this tree and he goes all the way to the top of the tree and he looks around and he's go, we're heading in the wrong direction. And the moral of that story is, is 
management can get you in a direction faster, but it can't make sure that you're heading in the right direction. That's what leadership is for. And if you don't, the lesson I took out of that is if you don't take time to stop, to pop your head up above the jungle and look around and make sure you're heading in the right direction, then you may be super productive. You may be super efficient. You may be going super fast, but it's not going to get to your end goal. You know, people often will talk about that, putting the ladder up against the wrong wall. That's another metaphor. But I really like the jungle metaphor because the idea of popping, it it requires when you're deep down in your work, it requires effort to force yourself to lift yourself up and climb that tree and look around, stop working and see where you're heading to make sure you're heading in the right direction. What I love on paper is what Day Optimizer is and what it stands for. Uh, It helps you, first of all, you obviously deliberately use the word. It helps people mindfully plan their day. I want to get into that uh, by converting their daily task list into a daily schedule so they can accomplish more. I really like that. And we're going to dissect what all that really means as an end result. But I want to tie it into something that I am very aware of with myself these days. And it's the concept of overwhelm. Becoming overwhelmed seems like something that if we if we aren't aware that it's in the room, or it could be knocking on the door at any minute, or is waiting for the right time to rear its ugly head, God, overwhelm could just destroy us at any given moment. So I'm at a point in my life where I am very aware of what I need to do day in and day out for the short-term accomplishment and goal, and certainly the long-term accomplishment and goal. But I'm aware every moment of every day, all right, if I didn't have my head on straight or I didn't put in the work to keep me grounded and really continue that work to resist any effort of overwhelm, this could get very ugly very fast. So I'd love to hear your thought on just just that whole topic. How do we, how do you, how do we, how does the optimizer, how does Trevor keep overwhelm at bay? It's really funny you mentioned the word overwhelm because that was the key word I tested initially when I was coming up with the concept of day optimizer. Um, when I when the app, I developed the, the methodology a long time ago, but when I decided to do this as a business, my key marketing tests were around the word overwhelm. Um, and, and one of the things came out that is that a lot of people are time optimists. They think they have way more time in the day than they actually do. And so they overbook themselves and they get overwhelmed. Mm. Um, so I think there are several different strategies to deal with overwhelm. And I think a lot of people do fall into that category. The strategies happen both at the, um, at the macro level and the micro level. So at the macro level, there are some things you can do to um, kind of cut off the, the, the big pieces, right? Um, I, for years, um, I've created um, what I call a life portfolio. It's a visualization of what my life, uh, what I'm doing in my life, right? Um, 
And I, I'll give you, send you a link for the um, notes to an actually online tutorial that helps people, a free online tutorial that helps people build a life portfolio. And the idea there is let me collect everything that I do, everything I spend my time on. So I have at the base this foundation. And it, you've got things like, you know, uh, maintenance stuff like, oh, I've got to take a shower. I've got to brush my teeth. You know, you've got renewal stuff. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to meditate. I've got sleep. You know, um, I've got just travel stuff I need to do. And then I've got these four pillars, which for me, everyone's pillars are different. For me, my four pillars are personal, community, professional, and business. And so personal for me is like things that relate to my personal life. I have one there, a box for having fun, one for my relationships. One right now is um, uh, learning German. Um, so th- th- those are my personal. Then I've got my community, which are the different ways I participate and contribute as a citizen um, uh, in my community. Um, and so at different points in my life, I've had different volunteer um, organizations I've been part of. And so those were part of their different projects. Professional are things that are not related to my business, but to my longer-term professional development. So I've got a blog called Fast Fedora that talks about entrepreneurship and talks about all these, like, you know, how you can be a better entrepreneur. And that is professional development. It's not tied to my business. I've now had it through multiple businesses. I do things like education related to, like, building more marketing skills, building more accounting skills, all those. Those aren't for any given business. They're to help me develop professionally. And then finally, there's what do I need to do for my business, right? I need to do marketing. I need to, for me, I need to do product development. I need to do um, accounting. I do need to, et cetera. And so if you, if you take all those things and you kind of divide them into these boxes, then you can then kind of assign time and you can see exactly where all your time is going. So again, what I would do is I say I have 168 hours in the week. How do those get allocated? Where do those go? And I would then mark off in each of those boxes, okay, how much am I allocating to personal time? How much to community time, et cetera? And when I first started doing this, it became when you create a visualization like that, you immediately see there's a lot of stuff I'm doing that I don't want to be doing anymore or that doesn't add value to my life. And a lot of these are um, long tail, they're snowball effects, right? So we only think about like, oh, uh, this also happens in yes, no decisions. If you say yes to agree to something, you're not saying yes to that thing. You're saying yes to that thing and everything that follows, right? Usually they're path-based things that we're doing. We're adding a whole nother time activity to our portfolio. We're not saying yes once. So by actually cutting those things out, you free up way more time than you think by saying, okay, I'm going to just drop this activity. You also free up all that mental space, which is huge. So visualize it all out. I start cutting stuff out. And now time starts freeing up a lot more, right? So that's like at the very macro level of how can I like kind of reduce the overwhelm? It's, you know, start saying no to more things. I, I actually read all these articles about how to say no right? Mm. Um, Tim Ferriss has a, a good podcast about how to say no. Um, there's, there's a lot of good information about there. How to say no, how to say not anymore, how to get out of things that are no longer serving you, um, and protect, perhaps transition. I always like to not just cut someone off, I transition. Um, but once you have that transition plan in place, 
that relieves the stress, even though the time is there. And then the time eventually gets freed up. There's so, so much good there about being able to say no, because sometimes we'll feel obligated, right? Which is the other side of all this, the unspoken yes. side. Oh my God, do I, like whether it's a friend or a family or in business or a boss or a colleague or a coworker, we're just like, oh God, I have no say in the matter. And it's it's a practice we have to learn. There's techniques we can learn, like, one of the things Tim Ferriss will say is like develop a rule and say like, I don't, I don't do this at all. So it's not anything against you. Just, I just don't do this, right? You know, there's ways to like, if you want to do the soft thing, like let me refer you to someone else who can help you or having a list of articles. Here's this article. Um, a great technique is someone that is constantly requesting the same type of thing. I'm going to just create a blog article and you read it on my blog, you know, um, and a lot of people who have a lot of incoming requests will just say, first, read my blog, because most likely your, your question is answered there. I don't answer emails anymore. Um, but yeah, it can also be difficult when it's your personal family and, and things like that. But you, you, you can start building those lines, those boundaries up. Over exactly. Time. And as uh, Tony Robbins puts it, we get what we tolerate so yes. whatever we tolerate and put up with is what we are saying is acceptable. That's a whole other episode in and of itself. Yeah. So when we're talking about what Day Optimizer does, uh, helps you plan your day by converting the task list into a daily schedule, is the unspoken assumption that to make this work as successfully as possible for you, you should really know what you want and what your goals are and what you're going for. So the task list is meaningful, right? So it has, uh, it's a means to the right end, right? Is that sort of the unspoken, let's get that set first? So you're not just doing arbitrary work in a sense, or like you said, work that isn't taking you in the right direction. So I think it's, you have to have, it helps to have an idea of what you want to do, but there's, um, there's three different ways people plan. There's planning from where I am and then trying to figure out where I'm going to go. There's journey-focused people and there's destination-focused people, right? I love that. Um, uh, yeah. And if you are focused, yes. So if you, if you have a clear destination in mind, it definitely helps because everything kind of falls back from there. You backtrace from your destination to your current place and figure out the steps to get there. But often, um, especially as entrepreneurs, we don't have a clear path ahead of us. Maybe we have this vision of a destination, but we can't pinpoint it on the map. So we can't create a route to it. So a lot of it might be exploratory work mm. or just knowing that I need to be focusing on the journey. I need to be focusing on moving forward, making sure the things I'm doing are having an impact and building on each other, but not necessarily knowing exactly where it's going. It helps to have a direction. There's a difference between a direction and a goal. So it helps to have a direction. Whether or not you have a destination, a goal is, uh, let's call it a destination. Whether you have a destination, that's up for you. Having a direction is, does help. So what is, paint the picture, day optimizer, a desktop and mobile web app. So what do I do when I, when I log in? How do I start my day? How does it how does it technically work to so my the, benefit? The core aspect of Day Optimizer is that 
Let, let me first answer why you should be building a daily schedule, whether that's with Day Optimizer, with a physical day planner, however you do it, right? Um, by creating a, a daily schedule, you are creating what the psychological research calls implementation intentions. And what that has been shown to reduce your procrastination and increase your ability to achieve your, your goals. And basically, an implementation intention is an if-then. If this occurs, then I'm going to do that. You write it out ahead of time. It basically plants the seed in your brain so that when that trigger occurs, you are more likely to do the action. A schedule is a, time, is a series of time-based implementation intentions. At 10 a.m., I'm going to do this activity. So there's three things in that that really help. First, you're setting a start time, right? So if I say I'm going to start this activity at 10 a.m., it becomes much harder to procrastinate because what I've done is I've set an objective trigger for when I'm going to start that activity. So if it's 10 a.m. and I committed at the beginning of my day at 10 a.m., I'm going to start like working on my taxes, I need to start working on my taxes. I don't have the justification to procrastinate as much. And I, I can still try, but it is much harder because I just, you know, a couple hours before or the night before committed that at 10 a.m. I'm going to do that. I've Instead told of saying, oh, I'm going to do my taxes tomorrow morning. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. Exactly. That's too vague, you know, but you set a specific time, you've committed to it. So you've set that intention. Um, and then you're setting uh, the, the end time is this moment of mindfulness. So say I'm going to work on my taxes from 10 to 11. Now, taxes are a huge thing. It might take me like a week to complete. So I'm not going to do it all in one day because I've got other stuff to do. So I'm going to just do a little bit each day. By saying from 10 to 11, that is this point of mindfulness. I can go is like, okay, is the ne next task I've scheduled at 11 more important than the current task I'm working on? If it is, okay, let me like figure out a way to kind of wrap up save my place where I am on my taxes, and switch to the next task. If not, maybe I then push it forward. It's, it's not saying that just because you scheduled it, you followed exactly. But what it is, is it creates these, these moments of mindfulness where you get to check in with yourself. Because otherwise, what happens is we tend to go down rabbit holes. We start a task, and you know, two, three hours later, we're still in the task, and we forgot that we need all this other stuff to do today, and we didn't actually want to spend three hours on the task. We only wanted to spend an hour, but we didn't check in with ourselves. So by actually scheduling and saying 11 o'clock is my next check-in point, that creates that moment of mindfulness. And then the third thing is that creating that time block, that duration, creates this artificial time scarcity. And the way our brains work is if, if we create in, in situations of scarcity, we increase our focus. Now, that can be bad if you have money scarcity and stuff like that. But by creating this artificial time scarcity, you can actually increase your focus during these times. Um, so basically, like a schedule helps you reduce procrastination because you've got that fixed start point. It helps you create mindfulness by the end point, and then helps increase your focus because you're doing these in like limited time blocks. So now segue into how Day Optimizer works. So what Day Optimizer does is... Um, it's a three-step process that helps you build a schedule. And the three steps are kind of designed to leverage the way your brain works so you're building a most effective schedule. So the first step is just to commit to what you're going to do today. And this is a, 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 um, 
an important step, even if you don't do anything else, which is to look at everything that's on your to-do list and commit to what you're doing, like remove everything else. And so that helps you narrow your focus to just what you think you're going to achieve today, right? Too many people try to work off their to-do list and their to-do list keeps getting longer and longer. And then throughout the day when they go, what's next to work on? They look at it and they get overwhelmed because there's so much other stuff and they start getting distracted, right? If you instead filter that to only what you plan on every time you look at throughout the day, it's only the things you're working on today. So there's less distraction. There's less overwhelm. And so what we do is we say, okay, what you need to do, because this is a time management, not task management, you need to account for every, everything that takes time in your day. So Day Optimizer will sync with your calendar, Google, Outlook, all those, pull in all your appointments. You've got your tasks for the day that you can enter. Um, and you can keep them in a task manager if you want and just enter them each day in Day Optimizer, or you can track them in Day Optimizer. It doesn't matter. But then you also have activities. And these are things that take up time in your day, but that are never done. So think about like eating lunch, exercise, meditating, walking the dog, all these things that we don't put on our task list because they're not tasks that we want to check off, but they take up time in our day. So if you don't account for it, you're thinking you have way more time than you do. So by having these three different categories, we allow you to really effectively say, here's everything that's going to take up time in my day. Okay, we've committed to that. That creates a psychological commitment. Now we go to step two. You ready for step two? Oh, yeah. Okay. Step two is where we allocate. This is where another distinction time opt- day optimizer makes is the distinction between time estimation and time allocation. People get really hung up on time estimation. It's hard. And reason is because any complex tasks, there's so much uncertainty, it's almost impossible to estimate with any accuracy. You can get some rough guides there. But, you know, like paying your taxes or or doing your tax returns, maybe it takes, you know, four hours. Maybe it takes 20 hours. It depends upon what problems you run into, right? Um, Instead, Time Adaptimizer says you should be allocating time to your important tasks every day. And by allocating time, all you're trying to do is figuring out how much time am I going to spend on this today? doesn't really matter how long it takes. You can do time estimation. But for Day Optimizer, it's about allocation. I'm going to spend an hour here, an hour and a half there, two hours there. How am I going to block out my day from a time perspective? What do I want to spend my time on? Where are my priorities? So you go through and you allocate time to everything. So now I basically have uh, decided how much time I'm spending on everything. Now I go to step three. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. Step three, we're going to actually schedule things in. But before we get to step three, 
let me tell you why we did step two. And the reason is, if we just came up with an idea, uh, uh, a thing to do, came up with a time for it, and then scheduled it, came up with another one, uh, uh, allocated time, scheduled it, right? What tends to happen is as people start seeing the amount of time where they shrink, they start under-allocating time. That task I could do an hour, I can do that in half an hour. That half an hour task, I can do in 15 minutes. By forcing you to allocate everything in step two, before you even look at your schedule, you're psychologically biased toward creating more accurate time allocations, which means you're better able to create a better day. So now we go into the schedule. We, we now start scheduling. It's 9 a.m. Okay, I'm going to like pay my bills. It's uh, 10 a.m. I'm going to do my marketing tasks. Oh, I forgot to mention, you can also use the activities to do time blocks. Like I'll have a time block called marketing, a time block called product management. So I don't actually keep all my tasks in Day Optimizer because Day Optimizer is a time management application. So I'll have tasks in other applications and I use Day Optimizer to block out my day. I only include critical tasks in Day Optimizer. Um, so I go and I, I kind of like schedule everything out, schedule in my meetings, my exercise, my lunch, all that. And what happens, um, uh, still happens to me, but really happens for beginners, is they will have way overcommitted, right? You have way too many things that are um, on your schedule or that you committed to that you, can, you can't fit them on your schedule. Now you've got this visual schedule. You can see all the blocks, but you can see exactly how much time everything is taking. And you go, I can't fit it all in, right? Which you knew that in the beginning, but until you went through this process, it wasn't so like um, visual. It wasn't so tangible. And now you can see it. So now you go through this process of implicit prioritization, right? I've got this list of things I haven't scheduled yet that I want to do, but I've filled up my schedule. Mm. How do I resolve that? Well. You've got to decide what's more important. Is there something on the schedule that is less important that I can take off and schedule something? Or do I uncommit from something that I wanted to do, but like decided not to? And so there's this implicit prioritization process where you go and you, you're there like, okay, like that thing that I scheduled, that other thing that's uncommitted, I really need to do that. So I'm going to uncommit from that. Or I'm going to shrink that instead of spending two hours on that, I'm going to spend an hour on that so I can fit this other thing in. So we start adjusting things based on our priorities. But it's not priorities we set up front based on like, oh, one to five or whatnot. That can be valuable. It's actually trade-off priorities. You're forced to figure out how do I fit in. And it's like trade-off priorities are one of the best ways to prioritize. Because if I say you can choose A or B, you can't have both. You are forced to make a choice. You are forced to create a priority. No matter what, you will have a priority. Um, so that's what you do. You go through your schedule, you do that, and, and then you uncommit from the things that you don't want to do um, or, or that are less priorities. Click done. Now I've got my schedule. And now I can just kind of go through my day and, and execute my schedule. And we have a couple more things to help you manage your, uh, your time throughout the day. Um, as interruptions happen and stuff like that. But that's the basic process to kind of build a schedule to make you more productive. What I love about this and about what you've accomplished and brought to the table, there seems to be a lot of, I don't know if this is the right word, but a lot of academic approach to this 
to our advantage, meaning you're talking about things like time estimation versus time allocation. I don't think the I don't think the typical entrepreneur has even known that that's a thing, but it is extremely valuable to know. My point is you you have a lot of that knowledge that you are able to relay in a very tangible and accessible manner. When, where, and how did you accumulate all of that, that knowledge of time management and schedule and what it does to the brain and how we approach it? Was that something that was inherent all your life or did you just find a passion for it and you studied and learned or where did all this come from? Um, so it's been a bit of an evolution. Um, uh, so you can, if you, if you want the, the really good story, you could trace it back. Um, I don't trace it back to this, but since you just asked it, my father did apprentice as a um, clockmaker. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he didn't finish his apprenticeship. Uh, my father's German. So, he, uh, so we have, we have lots of like old grandfather clocks and cuckoo clocks around the house growing up, uh, and he watches that he like was working on. And, um, so he, like there, there was that sense and he does have an amazing sense of time. And I did inherit that genetically. Like, um, like I can often like, you know, not look at the clock all day and someone asks me the time and I'll say it's 2.30 and it'll be like 2.40. Like I have an inner innate sense of time that has been refined because um, on my last business, when I started wanting to be, use my time more effectively, I got into the whole quantified self movement. Most of that I, I don't follow too much, but I still follow 24-7 time tracking. So I track what I do every minute of the day. And I've done that for... God, probably eight, 10 years now. I mean, I can tell you what I did like five years ago at this exact moment, right? I can look it up. Um, what, in like a journal? In, in an app. I've got an app on my iPhone. It's called Eternity. That just like basically with 24-7 time tracking, um, you're not starting and stopping tasks. You're just starting new tasks. So you just switch, right? Because, okay. because when you start the new thing, the other thing ends, right? So it's right. just this continuous sort of thing. And so, um, yeah, I just track in my app everything, every single thing I do. I've started adding more notes. So it has become more like a little mini journal because in the beginning, I would just like use it to kind of manage the, my time more effectively with my company. And every week I would do a, a time report. Where am I using my time? What rules can I develop to, to use my time more efficiently uh, or more uh, effectively rather? Um, but then it has become more of a, a time journal where like, I'm like, you know, I'll write little notes. So like I'm doing this. So like right now my phone is tracking that we're recording a podcast. Um, and so, yeah, several years from now I can go back and say like, you know, what was I doing on June 16th, you know, at this time? And it'll be like, Oh, you're recording this podcast with Josh. Um, and like now I'd, I'd even put like, I'll put like your name and the name of the podcast. And in the past, I might not have done that. I might just said like, just, you know, marketing or recording or whatever, like, you know, and now it's more details. Wow. Yeah. Um, but then, so the, the, the third evolution of that, of course, is once I started developing the optimizer as an app itself. So I've always into self-improvement. I developed all these tools. Um, the company that the optimizer is part of strategic life tools um, was founded because I wanted to give people tools to introspect on their life, to do life planning. 
because I've been doing that for the past like 10 years. I've got um, annual plans. I've got like a couple years ago, I did like a 30-page annual plan. Um, I do annual reviews. I do all these sort of things to help me make sure I'm living a good life. Hmm. And um, But then once I started working on the optimizer, I started researching more of the science around time management specifically and productivity. And then had to struggle with how to create some of these concepts. So, you know, the time estimation, time allocation, when I said that, made a lot of sense to you. That wasn't originally part of Day Optimizer. And if you actually are using Day Optimizer and you look in the URL, that step is still called estimate. Because in the code, it's called estimate. I didn't have the concept of separating out allocation versus estimation. I just called it estimation. And then at some point, I realized there's something fundamentally different about what we're doing here in this step and day optimizer than time estimation. What is that called? What can I call that? And time allocation. And of course, you know, you say it and it just makes sense. Um, but until I had that concept, it was very difficult to explain to people. And then I created that. And the same thing, like I've got the, the, um, this concept called done today versus done forever. So you can check off a task on your task list as done today or done forever. Both check the tasks off your list, but if you check done today, it reappears for your planning tomorrow. Mm. So this solves one of the key problems with task lists is that like, if you're doing allocating time, and it's like, oh, I'm going to spend an hour or two hours on my ta uh, taxes today. And say I'm doing that for a couple different things and I have it on my task list. With a task manager, once you check that off, it's gone. It's like, oh, right? It's gone. Right. Or I could have a recurring task, but this isn't a recurring task. This is something that's going to take me a week to do and disappear. I don't want to create a recurring task. It's a task that's going to take me several days to do. That's different. So I can't check it off. I can't ever get that rush of accomplishment. There's actually a dopamine thing. Once you check it off, you get this dopamine bump. You can't ever get that on a task manager. So I create this intermediate concept called done today. So you still get to scratch it off. You get the dopamine rush of accomplishment. It boosts your motivation, but it reappears tomorrow. You haven't lost it. And then once you finally finish the task, you mark it done forever and it disappears. Just that concept, like it, I didn't, it, it didn't exist in the beginning of Day Optimizer. And then Whoa. it came through the development of Day Optimizer. This is a critical thing because I really want to be creating those like, like dopamine hits. I want to create that like mm. sense of accomplishment. And then you can look at your, your schedule and go, oh, look at everything I accomplished. If you look at your task manager, you haven't checked any of those off. So it feels like you haven't accomplished anything, even though you've been working on half your tasks all day long. With the optimizer, all those are checked off. So it changes your relationship to time and accomplishment. And I'm sure you know this. Um, if I'm doing my taxes and I got to do it for the week, but today I worked on it. In a task list, if I check it off, while it's gone for today, there's still a nagging voice in my head that says, remember to put it back on the list tomorrow because you are not done with it. You're not done with it. But yeah. with Day Optimizer, I can check it off and rest easy knowing that it will continue to appear tomorrow. Exactly. It just automatically appears tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So that helps. What is the... Um, what is the quantified, when you were talking about the 24-7 life tracker thing, you said something about a quantified... Quantified self. Yes, yeah, so yes. What is that? The, the quantified self movement is a movement uh, uh, around people tracking their own personal data. Hmm. Um, that's probably the best way to describe it. Um, and like 
nowadays, lots of people do like little bits of quantified self, but like Fitbit, like for instance, where you're tracking how many, how many steps you did in a day, right? In the beginning, that was really adopted by the quantified self movement. Like I was one of the early adopters of Fitbit. Like, um, and so I was tracking every single step I took every single day. Like, you know, you could track when I went running, you know, the different activity levels, all this kind of stuff. Um, so that level of data that we use, um, the data that we might track for our businesses, this is data tracking about ourselves and using that data to improve ourselves or manage ourselves in some way. I have since stopped doing some of that tracking, um, but I still think it's valuable. I think one of the things that the is critical to understand a lot of people think about quantified self and go, oh, I'm not going to track because I don't ever want to analyze it. But there's value in the tracking itself because the tracking itself creates mindfulness around things. So even if you never, if you get a Fitbit or any of these um, step trackers and you never actually go back and look at your historical data, but all you do is you look at it a couple times during the day, and that changes how much you decide to move that day, that provided the value, right? The quantified self part about that, looking and analyzing your data is unnecessary, or it adds a different level of value. It's, it's, you already get value purely at the tracking level, even if you don't go to the next level, which is the analysis level. I'm going to give you the, the analogy that just popped into my head personally when you said that. Are you familiar with The Artist's Way in Morning Pages? Uh, I am vaguely. I started uh, uh, The Artist's Way audiobook, but I never finished it. Right. So um, Julia Cameron is the, is the author. She pioneered in the 90s this concept called Morning Pages. It's basically a specific form of journaling, stream okay. of conscious journaling, Every morning, the first thing you do in the morning, three pages of longhand written stream of consciousness, just journal and see what comes out. And lo and behold, after three pages, you're writing stream of consciousness. And really, at the start of your day, you're getting out all the mind dump that can weigh you down during the day. To put it into perspective of what you just said, I And she says, do not go back, not you shouldn't, do not go back and read the pages. The outcome, the effect is in the doing. And it's yes. the exact same thing you just said. It's not about getting it out and then tomorrow rereading what you wrote. No, um, I've been doing it for, I'm actually on day 58. Oh, uh, congratulations. 58, yeah, thank you. 58 days in a row. Every single morning, it's the first thing I do, um, and I'm and I do it. I have never once back w- once went back and read a page of what I've written. I could, but I don't because it's not suggested. And that's the point. It's just in the doing. Yeah, yeah. They often uh, there, there's a broader. It's it's related to the broader concept of people talk about a business plans or planning in general, right? Um, and and my. Short little quote for that is all plans fail. That doesn't negate the planning process, right? The, it's the point isn't to have a plan; it's to have gone through the planning process. That cha- that in itself changes the outcome, even if you never go back and look at the plan. So the the idea the the questions you're forced to face when creating a business plan, or the questions you're forced to place 
creating a daily plan and day optimizer. Those answering those questions changes you and changes the outcome, even if you never go back and look at the plan itself. And it improves the outcome, even if you never go back and look at the plan itself. So it's it's the process that is important, not the outcome of that process. And it's the same same thing with I guess that's the that's the the rule, right? Sometimes the the process is important, not the result of the process. And that's the same thing with the morning page. It's, it's the process, not the result, that's important. Incredible. Wow. Looking to wrap this up, why is this, why are you dedicating your time, effort, and life to this specific? Why is it so important to get this out to people for you personally? I, with my last company, I sold software um, to help like large enterprises make more money, right? And I sold it to another company that helped Amazon retailers make more money. And I realized it wasn't that fulfilling. I really wanted to have an impact on individual people. And I really wanted to help them fulfill their potential. And so Day Optimizer is my way. I think I have a unique way of thinking about time and a contribution that it won't work for everyone. But for the people it works for, it will dramatically alter their relationship to time, make them more productive, and make them achieve more things in the world, make them make the world a better place. So I am using Day Optimizer almost as a, a, a lever to amplify my leverage, right? If I can, you know, even if I'm looking at like 10,000 users, right? Um, if I can take 10,000 people and make them more productive and make them make the world a better place just by what I'm doing, that's really powerful. So, th- so that's my key driver. Wow. So incredible. So powerful. Like you on paper, how interesting could this topic be? It is fascinating. I, I can go all day and we can go down so many avenues. Um, looking at the person tuning in, what is the, the one next best thing they should be doing whether to use Day Optimizer or not, what's their very next first move to put them in a better space than they are right now? I think stop doing and plan, right? And I would say uh, a couple different cadences on that. If every morning you just spend five or 10 minutes thinking about what you're going to do and actually writing down in whatever way that is a plan, and then once a week, best once a month minimum taking anywhere from an hour to four hours to just stop doing whatever you're doing in your business, go in another room, take a walk and really kind of think about, am I heading in the right direction? What are other things, what are other things I could be doing and really examining and making sure that you are steering correctly. I think that's the key thing. And then if they want to like start doing this daily planning process, I recommend, um, I mean, they can certainly go use Day Optimizer, but you can also do it on paper where you just take an index card and at the beginning of each day, write down everything you're going to do that day. And then go and assign, allocate time next to each one. And then another index card, right? 9 a.m. And then just start scheduling your day. You know, if you just start doing that, you will be, even if you just do the, 
let me take everything and write a separate daily uh, task list. Just that will make you so much more focused by just not looking at your master task list. You know, if you're looking, if your strategy is looking at your master task list to figure out what you're going to do next, you're almost undoubtedly getting overwhelmed, getting distracted. You know, you should at least be creating a, a daily task list. If you can make that an allocated daily task list, even better. If you can make that a schedule, even better. But those are the kind of ways you can kind of level up on that. So fascinating. Again, I, I, I honestly had no clue it would be this fascinating and so eye-opening. There's so much to this. Trevor, thank you so much for bringing all of this knowledge and insight and resource and passion and dedication to, to the world and to our listeners. How can people keep the conversation going with you? Yeah. So if people want to try out the optimizer, um, it has some additional features we didn't go over today and definitely even goes above the paper method I just described, they can go to dayoptimizer.com. We've got a seven-day trial. They can try right there. Um, they can also follow Day Optimizer app on Twitter um, or go to Day Optimizer on Facebook. They can follow me personally at Fast Fedora on Twitter or they can always email me with any questions about time management or anything like that at trevor at dayoptimizer.com. This has been spectacular. Trevor, thank you so much. I love everything you're about and what you stand for. Really cool conversation. Thank you for uh, joining in today. Yeah, thank you. This has been great. This is a pleasure to be here. I appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, as always, if you enjoyed listening, tell a friend, leave a review. I really like reading your kind words. We're going to have another episode not too far behind. Until we do, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.